welcome to the Elevate Live podcast channel. We hope this sermon encourages and inspires you so you can go and grow to your next level. For more information about our church, please visit our website, elevate.life. Enjoy the message. How many of you guys are glad to be at church? I'm going to tell you something. I'm just announcing right now that miracles are going to happen right this second. I want you to lift up your hands. Father, I thank you that when we come to your house, we come with great expect, expectancy. And God, the expectation that I have is that you're God, we're not. You're super, we're natural. But God, that you have the power to bring your super into our natural. So in every situation, in every circumstance, no matter what somebody is facing today, God, I pray right now for an open heaven over this place. For the next few minutes, God, I ask you to pour your spirit out. God, you said in the last days you would pour your spirit out upon all flesh. And so God, on our flesh today, on our brokenness today, on our suffering today, Lord, on our hard times today, Lord, some people on their depression today, Lord, some people on their hopelessness today, God, some people that don't have a solution on their problem today, pour out your divine solution. Father, I announce miracles, miracles in the name of Jesus, physical miracles, financial miracles. And God, that October, November, and December are gonna be the greatest three months. And I announce that this week, starting now, that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, come on, say it with me, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday is gonna be the best week of the year. Come on, let's agree with that. Let's believe that. You might say, it just sounds like you're doing rah, rah. No, this is called stirring your faith. This is called, hey, you know what we believe? We believe God's up to something good. And he's working, and I have a word for you today. He's working in the unseen on your behalf. There's some things that some of y'all need taken care of, and it's a real important thing. And I'm just telling you, I felt in my heart today that from the very beginning of this service, and we pray for it every week, but this week specifically, I felt it that as the tires hit the parking lot, as your feet walked into this place, his house, your miracles are happening in the name of Jesus. So, so I'm just gonna speak some things that are under the name of Jesus. I want you to lift up your hands. I speak to cancer and I command it to go. I speak to diabetes and I command it to go in the name of Jesus. I speak to lack and I command it to go in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you that every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And God, we are your sons, we are your daughters on the earth. And so Lord, we are the beneficiaries of your godness. Your godness is goodness to us. And God, I just declare today, great is your faithfulness, even when we're not faithful, God. And Lord, for those who've been weeping, Lord, there's some people that have been weeping. Lord, they've been weeping in the night. They've been weeping in their situation. They've been weeping, Lord. They've had sorrow in their hearts. God, I thank you that your word says weeping only lasts for the night, but joy comes in the morning. So God, this is the morning. I speak joy in the name of Jesus. I speak joy to your heart, joy to your spirit in the name of Jesus. Lord, we open up our minds right now. We open up our hearts to receive your word into our life. I thank you that one word from God can change our life. God, your thoughts are not our thoughts. 
thoughts. Your thoughts are higher than ours. Your ways are higher than ours. God, as the heavens are higher than the earth, your word says in Isaiah 55, so are your thoughts higher than our thoughts and your ways higher than our ways. So God, today we submit our thoughts to your thoughts. Would you just do that right now? God, God, just help me think like you. Come on, just say that to him. Help me think like you. God, help me to do life the way you want me to, to do life. And God, I thank you that as the word comes down, just like rain comes down and does not go back up, God, your word that you send does not return void, but it will produce, it will make growth happen. So God, I speak growth, I speak progress, I speak health, I speak wholeness. Come on, y'all come into agreement with me. God, I thank you that your spirit is here and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is somebody that knows, tell me, there's freedom. I said, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Do you know that one of the greatest needs you have is for freedom? I have the privilege this week to go into Atlanta. I have the privilege this week of going to Alabama and coaching high-level executive people. I have the privilege of doing that this week in our masterminds. In fact, if you're a business person and you want information about that, see David Stroud. He'll be in the lobby. If you're ready to scale your business, take your life to another level, come be a guest this week. I have the privilege of helping people do that. You know, and you know what I love about that? I love that wherever we are right now is not where we're gonna stay. And this is a word for somebody. God didn't mean for you to to stay here. God didn't mean for your marriage to stay here. God didn't mean for your family to stay here. God didn't mean for your circumstance to stay here. He's got something great in your future in the name of Jesus. And the future is now. So I just speak that over your life. God, thank you for good news. Come on. The gospel is good news. And God, you're going to release good news today. For everybody that's watching on the on, on our different digital platforms from Facebook to YouTube. I just speak over your life in the name of Jesus. And I say, God is gonna mess you up. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I love y'all. Love on somebody. Tell them they look good. Welcome them. Tell them you're glad they're here. And you may be seated. I don't know what's on your wrist today. What's on my wrist is my Superman watch. That's because that's where they went in with that stent, that catheter went all the way up into my heart. So I'm just wearing on my wrist that God's bringing his super into my natural. And he's doing that same thing for you today. God is good. Let me make a shameless plug. And I say shameless because I know it'll help you. But today, for the, really for the first time ever in the history of our church, we're offering all my books. And so I'm gonna be in the lobby today and some of our men are going through your divine fingerprint. Everything that I'm gonna teach you today is in one of these books or in all of these books. I'm gonna to refer to these books because when you read somebody's life, when you read a book, you read their life. And, uh, and so this, this book, Your Divine Fingerprint, comes with a workbook. I would encourage you to get that. And we, we, we have those. Also, Mammoth's Tenants for Life. What I'm excited about is we've, we've got a, a corresponding journal a journal that I wrote, the questions that I asked my memo, I've put it in a journal to ask the same questions for those that are your loved ones and that kind of thing that they can fill out so that you have a legacy in your family. And we don't have those this weekend. I wish we did, but they're coming. And, uh, but we've got my mom's tenants for life. She was my first life coach. These are life lessons that I teach, uh, not only in our church, but high level CEOs, small business owners, right here in this book, many of those lessons, 20 principles to help your life grow better. And then also we actually have run out of this book, but you can still get it on Amazon. We're gonna order some more, how to defeat Satan's number one weapon. You know what Satan's number one weapon is against you? It's your negativity. And so I talked to you how to overcome that. 
You cannot have anything positive happen in your life when you're negative. And so the enemy wants to get your mouth being negative. And that's what's wrong with cussing, by the way. Let me just talk about that. You can turn on the internet, Instagram, people are cussing this, cussing that. Let me tell you why you don't want to cuss. Not because you want to be a goody two-shoes, but what comes out of your mouth needs to be producing life. And that's what I try to even help business guys with. Don't allow curse words to come out of your mouth that are cursing on top of what you're trying to do to help people build their businesses. So let's get our mouth right and we'll get our life right. Come on, y'all. So also, uh, Your Divine Fingerprint, the whole package um, is with the DVDs, the, the digital, you know, so you can go through this. This, this. this will be the most inexpensive way that on a business level or a life level that I can coach you. Normally, this is $198. We're offering, I think, for $99. It's 50% off because I want you to get this in your hand. And then, again, unashamedly, this is the best bathroom book you will ever buy. Uh, you're going to hear leadershipologies today that I'm going to teach because these are things that I've spoken to lead my life. They're in this book, Leadershipology 101. We also offer a CD with that that just of our worship music. Why? Because as you lead your life, you need to worship as you go. These are all out there. I want to encourage you to avail yourself. And then, of course, we had this fingerprint T-shirt. I love this. So this is a fingerprint because you've got a fingerprint that nobody else has to leave an imprint that nobody else can leave. So it's out there today. I'm going to be signing books today. We had a lot of people in the first service that hadn't gotten the books. And if you don't have them or listen, this would be a great book to get your boss. Just tell them this will help you lead me. So anyway, all right. So, so glad that you're here. Thank you for being here. Um, I, I've, I've since, since I've come back and this is the fourth week, I think that I've preached to you. Uh, I really asked the Lord, like if I was going to give a last message, if I was going to give a first message in this season of my life, what would it be? And it's this message. This message is my life message. Again, it's in a series of all of these books because everything I write is related to what I'm talking about because I believe God wants you to be unstoppable. I said, I believe God wants you to be unstoppable. And the devil, from the time you're in your mother's womb, but when you spring from your mother's womb, the enemy of your soul wants to stop what God has planned for your life. And so, so we're, we're drawn to people for a lot of different reasons. And if you've heard me teach, you know I teach this. It's not because of somebody's personality or because, you know, I fell in love. If you can fall in love, you can fall out of love. So falling in love, there's no such thing as it. I know that goes totally against what the world says, follow your heart right off the cliff. That's what people who say, follow your heart ought to finish it with. Follow your heart right off the cliff. Because if you're somebody that follows your heart, you're gonna make more mistakes than you ever dreamed. God didn't create your heart to be a follower. He created your, or, or a leader. He created your heart to be a follower. That's why the Bible says, Jesus said, whatever you treasure, your heart will follow. Whatever you value, whatever you say is important, your heart will follow. So if you've been following your heart, quit it. It sounds romantic, but it's horrific. God wants you to lead your heart, not follow your feelings. So, so anyway, with that said, I, I, I felt like God put in my spirit to talk to you about what I call the think be do of an unstoppable spirit. If you've heard me teach, you know this, and I'll just start with this leadershipology, and it's how you think be do is your philosophy of life that will not only determine what you have in life, but it will be the primary determinant factor of how your life turns out. So leave that up there for a minute because I want you to absorb that. And again, we, we, we're not doing paper notes anymore. After I had my heart attack, Josh said, let's quit wasting paper. So I said, okay, so we don't waste paper anymore. 
And so thank you, son, for helping us get better. He streamlines everything. So these notes are on our website if you want the notes. They'll always be available to you. Uh, Live.elevate.life. Or version app. When is our app going to be out? I want our app out. Is it by the end of the year reasonable? Yes. Okay. By December 31st, we will have an Elevate Life app. Josh, right? That way they can just pop on there. Yes. Thank you, son. I appreciate you handling that for me. Okay. So uh, we're having a talk right now. But anyway, I want you to really hear what I'm going to say. Okay. And if you've heard it a hundred times this time, hear it. How you think determines how you'll be. You are the way you are because of the way you think. How you are or how you be determines what you do. So if you could see it as a math equation, very simply, it would be your think plus your be plus your do equals what you have in life. So if you look at anything that you have in your life, go back to your think and you can change it. And I wanna talk to you about that for just a minute. But before I talk to you about that, I had the privilege of meeting really uh, this great family that I want you to meet that's in our church. And I just want you to hear their story. Watch this. So that was the beginning, wasn't it? Lacey moved down here and started attending University of North Texas. And unbeknownst to us, we had friends down here from when you used to live here. We talked to them on Facebook and they said they were going to elevate life. And we visited and we liked it and she obviously liked it as well. So we went back to Idaho and she stayed down here. We'd come down every Christmas and New Year's and visit and come to elevate life and love it. And then you decided that you needed to come down here. Because of our struggles in our marriage, and that was my first thoughts of if we could get into Elevate Life, our family could be healed. We were officially separated. I felt was there hope, and yet I knew if there was any hope, I had to just trust God and seek God with all of my heart and look to Him like I'd never done before. And I felt unprotected and felt like there was nothing left. We can't just go through the motion of marriage. We have to make it work, if, even if it is a distance. What was interesting is that we stayed connected. We would visit, and when we were down here, Elevate Life ministered to us like no other. I remember so many times it was hard to go home because of what we had experienced here. A taste of heaven. Yeah, it truly was. And you kept reminding me of that. This is truly a taste of heaven. And I knew that, and I felt that when we were here, but I would go back home to the reality of life and the reality of bills and the reality of a job that I was in Idaho and you were down here. I was watching Elevate Life every Sunday and you and Lacey were coming. Every service as we progressed was something that Elevate Life was ministering to us. See, what God's trying to do is He's constantly trying to bring us right alignments. 
He's constantly trying to bring us into relationship with people that can help us go to our next level, whatever that next level looks like. The way we talk about it here at Elevate Life is when you get in the right place, at the right time, with the right people, the right things will happen. So many people are worried about the timing and they're worried about the places and they're worried about the things. And God says, worry about the people first. But that message spoke to me, aligning ourselves with God and God's people and He would he would help take care of the rest. And that really spoke to my heart. Came back for the New Year's Eve service and that was 2019, Year of the Supernatural. God's bringing His super into your natural. Come on, say, I believe it. This was our year. We made a decision, it's time. I, I can't be separated from you any longer. And we, we made the decision and God just opened the doors like no other. And it was not a coincidence. It was truly a God thing because of how our home was able to sell at the time frame that it was, the job offer that was given to me, everything that we are longing for and knowing in our hearts about what Elevate Life really begins to take place for us, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. And before you got here, I tell you, there are bigger, better things here for you. You're gonna see it. You're gonna feel like you've died and went to heaven. It's truly a miracle. It's a God thing and it's all about alignment. We've aligned ourselves with where God wants us to be, with God's people, and now He's given us the sign. He's continuing to give us the assignments as we talk about our journey and where we were at in our marriage. Next month is, is our wedding anniversary. We'll be celebrating 32 years together. And that's truly a blessing. And I'm thankful that I can be here when we're in God's perfect place and His perfect timing and aligned ourselves here at Elevate Life that God is gonna give us a hundredfold of what we may have lost in our past. And I'm so excited and I'm so thankful for that. The Barkers are here, would you guys just stand? I just wanna thank you for paying your price. They moved here to be a part of our church. I love you guys, God's restored their marriage. God's aligning their son and their daughter for their future. It's amazing what God's doing. And he just prophesied something and I want everybody to lift up your hands because I'm gonna repeat what you said. God's gonna do a hundred times more. He's gonna do a hundred times more. Not 10 times more, 100 times more. My faith comes into agreement with your faith that in the name of Jesus, just like they moved here, just like God restored their marriage, just like they have not seen, y'all haven't seen anything yet. You got with the right people, come on, in the right place, at the right time. I speak this over you. The right things are going to happen. Thank you for your testimony. God bless you guys. So again, these aren't just cute little things we say. We say it because this is how it works. And again, another leadershipology, and that's why I encourage you to get the book. Just go through it. Get this stuff in your spirit because it's biblical. When you get with the right people in the right place, come on, at the right time, the right things always happen. So I wanna talk about your think be do of an unstoppable spirit for the few minutes that we have today. And I don't wanna tell you how to think, I just wanna encourage you to think this way as it relates to possibility thinking for you. If, if, if my philosophy can be summed up in my think be do, if I could really get this handle and understand this for my life, if I could take ownership of the way that I think, 
then I can begin to shape my thinking so that as I elevate my thinking, come on, y'all help me. I elevate my life. I believe that all the way, all the way. Like I believe that all the way. So here's my challenge to you today. I want you to think aligned with the right people. From the time you were born, the enemy has been trying to mess up your alignments. From the time you were born. You see, the most significant thing that will ever happen in your life is not your education, it's not your career, but it's who you align your life with. And when you can start thinking this way, most of you who are married are sitting here because out of the you know, seven, eight billion people, whatever it is now that's in the world, you chose this person. And some of you are glad you did and some of you are just still going, you know, I'm just believing. <laughs> proximity, Barkers, is a real thing because proximity is the place. So sometimes we meet the people in the place where we live. So it's the city we live in, it's the school we go to, it's the, so we make a choice amongst the proximity that we're in. Some of you are sitting here and you're single because you made a choice and that choice didn't work. It doesn't mean it was the wrong choice. Could have been the wrong choice, but the bottom line is it didn't work. And let me tell you why it didn't work. It didn't work because of, of a lack of love. It didn't work because of an affair. It didn't work because of bad behavior. Listen to me, it worked because of the level of thinking that maybe led to the affair, that maybe led to the dysfunction. But it's the thinking that makes things work. So when I say think, being aligned with the right people and getting that in your mind, that that's gotta be one of the number one goals in your life to scale a business, which I'm gonna be talking about that this week in masterminds in three different states, how to scale your business. In other words, how to, how to grow your business, whatever you're a part of, whether you work for somebody or not, how do you scale it? How do you, how do you get to the next level? It always requires some type of alignment, always. Not just more resources, not just more money, but the right people. Nobody does it alone. So here's a couple of questions that I've been asking for years. Where did you learn to think like you think? Most people never ask themselves that question. They just default to how they think. They just think the way they think. And let me tell you something, white people. Yeah, I say white people. Your default is to think like a white person. Let me tell you something. I don't even call black people black people because they're not black, they're brown but I'll just say it, black people, African-American people. Where'd you learn to think like you think? Americans, let me ask you a question. Where'd you learn to think like you think? Another question I ask is who taught you to think like you think? Probably nobody because nobody's thinking about how you think, but you need to think about how you think. But most people aren't intentionally thinking about the way that you think including your spouse. Wouldn't that be nice if they were intentionally trying to think about what you were thinking about? No, it's not gonna happen, ever. So for any woman that thinks any man's gonna think like them, well, he, 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 he knows what's important to me. He, 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 no, 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 it's like, 
It's like Sheila. She would, she would leave my kids with me. We lived on five acres at the time. And then come back later on in the day and they would run to her and say, we're so hungry. We're, we're, like, we're like, we're starving. And Sheila would look at me. She'd be gone eight, eight, eight hours. And I, I go, she'd go, did you not feed them? I go, you didn't tell me to feed them. How stupid is that? Because I, I, I don't eat like that. Like I, I don't eat, like I, I can go all day without eating, but I'll, I'll do protein and stuff. These are little children. We're so hungry. Like we're just starving. Daddy did. We had a lot of fun, but I mean, my stomach's hurting. I'm, anyway, so don't ever think he'll think like you or know what's important to you. It's just not going to happen. So here's my point. Every person that's married should be married to a person that helps them think better. And if you're married to somebody because you think they're, you, you think I married them because they think like me, don't worry, that'll change, I promise. <laughs> Here's another question I ask. Why do you think like you think? So in my book, I really go into this. And again, that's why I know it can help you. Because there are think influencers that we don't even realize. Our first exposure to our thinking is through our family of origin. I don't know what kind of thinking you grew up in, but I grew up in a kind of thinking that said, I can't afford it. We can't afford it. So therefore I decided to never tell my kids that. I've never told my kids that. And you've heard me say it before, but don't ever tell your kids that. Say, we may choose not to spend money on this, but don't propagate a poverty mentality that says we can't afford it. It's a way of thinking. So we don't even question our thinking. We just think the way we think. We, and, we, and, we, and we think it's okay because we're, we're comfortable with it. So your family of origin, the vast majority of us think to a great degree the way our parents, grandparents, and other influential adults in our childhood taught us to think, what's this? Not because they were intentional, but by their attitudes and their actions and their words and their behaviors. And most significantly, their overall life example for better or for worse. Our school teachers, aunts, uncles, pastors, even our Sunday school teachers influenced us at an early age. The place where we live, the political environment, the memorable experiences that we had growing up, again, positive and negative, have influenced us the way that we think. These and other influences molded our thought processes as we grew and matured. As adults, we carry mindsets with us into, watch this now, our new relationships, atmospheres, our new opportunities, our responsibilities, consciously or unconsciously, we carry a thought process that either perpetuates and help the company that, that we're a part of grow, or we become the, 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 the chain that's, that's not making it work. We become a part of the chain that's broken. We, we, we take these ways of thinking that we've been shaped by everybody's attitudes around us. I can remember being in my family thinking, there were times when I was growing up where I'd go, I, I feel like an alien. These people, like they're my family, but like, and I say this with all due respect because some of them may be watching and y'all already know. But I would think, like, I don't think like, I don't think like that. I'm not going to think like that. That's not okay with me. And as a little kid, because you know why? My parents did one right thing that I would encourage every parent to do. They had me in the house of God. So guess what primarily shaped my thinking? The altar. 
I would come to the altar. I would cry out to God, God, I want what you want. I would spend time in God's presence as a teenager and as a young adult. And that's what helped shape my thinking so that I would not think craft, so that I would not think white, so that I would not think American, so that I would not think limited. So anyway, I go through a bunch of deal in this book about what, what, what's influenced our thinking because we've got to get real about that. You've got to get real about why you think the way you think and who, who you made your, your thought coach without knowing that they were a thought coach. So in, in our masterminds in particular, this is how I coach people. I don't, coach, I don't have to know about your business. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to help coach your thought process. I'm going to help you think better about what you're thinking about. I don't have to know all about it. I'm going to help you think better. I'm going, to help, I'm going to help you think about maybe some things you're not thinking about. That's what God's put me on the earth to do. That's been my journey. So now that's what I do. As much as I do this in here, I do that out there. And so in coaching both business people, CEOs, small business people, and, and pastors as well, to just help them in their thought processes. So who are the right people to align your life with? Listen very carefully now. I'm gonna go through this as quickly as I can, but who should you align your life with? Let's start with this. People who love and accept you. <laughs> like, that's great. By the way, that may not be people in your family of origin. See, some people, we, we come, some of us come from such dysfunction in our families that we think we have to be umbilically connected to that. No, that, that thing was cut like before you came out of the, or after, right after you came out of the womb. And, and, and that's also the level of thinking. So learn what you can, but I'm telling you, growing up as a man, I learned more of how not to be than how to be, for real. And so that's how I process anything in my childhood, by the way, that could have damaged me. Because all of us have some stuff that could have damaged us. And you can go through life and be damaged because of what somebody else's idiotness was, or you can go that, God gave me an example of how not to be and I choose to learn from that and I'm not gonna be that way. I'm gonna be better than that. That's how you get healed. In other words, well, my dad did this and my mom did this and we, our family was, hey, you know why you were in that situation? Because those are the kind of people for the rest of your life you're supposed to help and even get paid for and monetized for because of the lessons you learned from how not to be. Come on, put an amen on that. That's how you get healed. How do you process a bad childhood that God put me in that situation as a lifelong learner to show me very clearly, to give me a very clear example of how not to be? So if you're ever in a work situation, if you're ever in a relationship, if you're ever in a situation where it is negative, it's not what you want, know that that is on you to learn from that, not to be wounded by that. In the name of Jesus, I speak healing right now, freedom right now from the inside out. People that are being emotionally hurt and wounded because of other people's dysfunction. God, in this house, in the house of God, I release a spirit of wholeness and health and God that we move forward and don't look back. Learn the lessons others that went before us didn't learn because we have become the beneficiaries of their dysfunction. Come on, quit letting hurt people hurt you. Doesn't mean it's not real, it is real. But that's why you've got to think about, I got to get aligned with the right people. By the way, I didn't marry my sister. I don't know about you, but I didn't marry my sister. I married a choice. That's the power of family of choice over family of origin. 
That's the first picture that God wants to show you that no matter what you were born into, you chose to go and grow through life with who you choose to go and grow through life with. So let's start with right alignments with people who love and accept you, people who believe in you. Here's what I can tell you about the Barkers. I don't have to know anything about y'all's situation. I just know that no matter what, there was a wife that was holding on in a 30-year marriage that said, I still choose to believe, even when I'm not seeing results. Am I right about that? I still choose to believe. That's what made the marriage work. Because even though she was, even though she said, I've got to do something, I got, I, got to, I, got, I got to get to a place where I'm getting some life. I got to get to a place where I'm getting some hope. I got to get to a, a place that's, that's affirming my belief. But she kept believing or he wouldn't be sitting there. And he kept believing or he wouldn't be sitting there. And those kids kept believing or they wouldn't be sitting by their dysfunctional parents. Do you understand that? They're on the same row, maybe in this season because they worked it out. Otherwise, they would have had to go be with him on his row and with her in her row. But because they chose to work it out, they're all on a row together. And that's how God wants families to roll. And it starts in the house of God. So we don't, know to, we don't need to know the dirty details of people's life. We just need to learn our life lessons. Doesn't matter how far down the hole you got to go. Here's the blue pill and here's the, like you pick it. <laughs> right alignments are people that motivate you. Who motivates you? You need to be around some people that motivate you. That's what I love about podcasts and all this age. You know, I've been doing a, I've been doing a podcast before a podcast was a thing. It's called Leadership Shapers Institute. Except the only difference in my podcast and other podcasts is I charge people. I do. Because I think there's value to what I have to say. And I don't say that egotistically. I'm just saying 20 years ago, I started for people that wanted that. I started doing a monthly CD at that time where we would send it out to people that wanted leadership thought processes. Because you can just flip across this pie, agree with that, agree with that. No, here, here's, here's the bottom line. I love that we have so much information in this information age. But can I tell you something? Information is nothing without maturation. And, and maturation is nothing until it turns into transformation. So it's information and what you do with it. And then it's maturation. And then it becomes transformation. All right? So how do I know who to align my life with? People not only that motivate you, but watch this. People that challenge you. This is the big one. Right alignments are being around people that challenge you. Welcome to Elevate Life Church. I want to challenge you as a spiritual father. I want to encourage you. I want to give you hope too, but I want to challenge you to be the best that you can be. I love what Pastor Josh said. He said, the church is the only place in the universe that's sole mission is to help people transform their lives for the better. Why do we exist as Elevate Life Church? We want to love you into lifelong transformation. But I'm going to tell you, sometimes love hurts, love scars, love wounds. Anyway, that's Nazareth. That was a church group years ago. That I've shared this story many times, but hey, this is my, this is, you know, this is my after my heart attack comeback talk. So I'm going to share it again. So, um, so Bear Creek Road, y'all know Bear Creek Road. Uh, I was 17 years old, I was a junior in high school. I was actually there to visit one of my friends. I'm sitting out in front of their lawn and I'm listening to a talk show. And the talk show was about blind dates. And I thought, this is funny because I, I didn't really ever listen to talk shows. I thought this is gonna be interesting to see blind, first blind date experiences. And so long story short, I'm sitting there listening. So a guy calls in and he says, 
He goes, hey, man, I uh, just want to share my story. And so he says, yeah, share your story. He said, man, that, I, I had this blind date. I saw this girl. She was knockout. I mean, she was, she was so gorgeous. I couldn't wait to be with her that night. I took her to a nice place to eat. And we're sitting there, and we're having a great meal together and just kind of small talking, getting to know each other a little bit. She said, hey, can I tell you something? And he goes, well, sure. Well, if somebody says, I want to tell you something, don't you want to hear, buddy? You're, you're, you're amazing. Like, I've been sitting here for a few minutes with you, and I just can't get enough. So he's like, he's like thinking, well, sure, you can tell me something, as long as you don't challenge me. Sure, people can talk to me, as long as you don't challenge me. So, yeah, yeah. So she said, you know, you're so good looking. He's going, really? Okay, that's a, <laughs> thank you. But has anybody ever told you about your nose hairs? <laughs> you're, you're just so good looking and you've got these nose hairs that are just, you know, and you're so good looking if you just trim those. So he's telling the radio host about his first blind date experience. He said, man, at that point I said, I'm out. I can't wait to get this girl back. I mean, this is ridiculous. So he, he, he said, man, I, I, you know, I got rid of her as quick as I could. So. The female radio host said, let me ask you a question. He goes, sure. Did you cut your nose hairs? He goes, well, yeah, I did. She said, you better go find that girl and marry her. You, you, know, you know what happens to us in marriage? Listen, here's what happens to us in marriage, in relationship, on our jobs. Watch this. We take the challenge. All the young people listen to me. Y'all see this ring? Like I'm wearing this particular ring that Pastor Sheila had made for me in uh, Israel a couple years ago. You remember what the ring says, Sheila? Never allow the good to be robber of the best. It's our family mission statement in Hebrew on my finger. Well, I've got several rings. Josh bought me a ring or had me a ring made when he got married. He had his own wedding ring. Then he gave me a wedding ring like his wedding ring. And I wore that wedding ring, Josh, until I did something to my finger, broke my finger. I can't get the ring on my finger anymore. So anyway, this is my fat. If you see me wearing this one, it's because I'm swollen. So like, if you ever look up here at my hands, I know you're not, you know, it's like, everybody thinks everybody's looking at it. I know y'all aren't looking, but this is my fat ring finger. So anyway, you also need to have different rings for different seasons of your life. Several wedding rings if you need it. Yes, yes. <laughs> so by the way, this is my fat wedding ring finger. Anyway, so this is my fat ring. All right, so what in the world was I saying? Y'all preach to me. So anyway, challenge. Challenge. I can't remember what I was saying. Nose hair guy. Huh? Yeah, okay. Young people, I want to talk to y'all. Whitney just told me to tell y'all this. You can't think that you can date somebody that doesn't love God and think it's going to work out. It, it just doesn't work. Like, I, like people do it. My mother did it. My, my dad did not know God. And here's what was funny. After my dad's heart attack when he was six, my dad went to church. He'd sit in church, fold his arms like you. This, you know, this is, a sign. This, this is a sign of boredom. You realize that. I know you're not bored because I am not boring. I'm not boring. So like people can sit there. And you know, the larger you get, you can rest your hands on your stomach. So that's why some people sit like that. But 
but pr- pretty much this is, this, this means I'm bored. So it's okay. Still do it. You know? And uh, you know, he's got his legs crossed like this. That means I've toned you out. Anyway, there's all kinds of stuff I could say that I see up here that y'all don't know that I see. But, but uh, mom, after my dad's heart attack, uh, my mom and I were having a discussion one day. I said, you know, dad, dad, before his heart attack, he didn't know the Lord. And my mother goes, that is not true. Your father, I would have never married him if he wasn't a Christian. I said, mom, it's one thing for somebody to say they're a Christian. It's another thing for them to know the Lord. I said, dad has not known God our whole life. Well, he was on the board of an assembly of God church. I said, I know. I asked him, why are you on the board of this church? Because you do not know God. Well, they like me. Anyway, so, <laughs> so after, that's how most churches are governed, by the way, truly. Anyway, the people that are on the boards are either the rich people or people because they like. That's why we don't do that. But anyway, so, uh, so here's, what, here's what happened. I, 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 looked, I looked at my dad and said, tell mom that you did not know God before your heart attack. She's going, he did know God. I said, he did not know God. Finally, my dad looks at my mom and goes, I, I, didn't, know, I didn't know God. She goes, well, yes, you did. I did not know God. See, here's the delusion some people have in their thinking. It's a certain way and it ain't that way. So relate it to whatever you think, but it's the way you think. The way things are are not the way things are, they're the way you think things are, which is what's wrong a lot of times. It's because our thinking's not right. So everything that we are a part of is not right because our thinking is not right. So anyway, long story short, my dad said, I know the Lord, but I know the Lord now. And I'm so glad my mom said, well, I am too. After all these years, I can be married to you. But I'm telling you in our home, so back to young people, listen to me, in our home, it, it, was, it, was, it was like everybody knew it. Everybody knew our, my dad didn't care about things of God. And my mom did care about things of God and they struggled. And, and there was a time when they were separated. You, you cannot, you cannot, you can if you want to. A lot of people do because they settle. And their own beliefs are not strong enough to where they don't settle. And I'm just telling you, it just doesn't work. So, so with, with saying that, you've got to have people in your life that challenge you. And we marry people oftentimes that are opposite from us. And we don't frame it this way, but it's because they challenge us. Like they challenge us to be better. And yet that's the thing over time that ends up separating you from somebody. Because it's like, man, the way you're thinking is just... And, and, and the thing that they were attracted to is the thing that separates you. So, so it's very important that if, if, if you're going to have right alignments that you're around people that, that by who they are, you're challenged by that. So my friend Scott, my, my, my friend Scott, I mean, Scott, how many years did you struggle with your weight? Now, listen, if you're struggling with your weight, just, just bear with me here, but, but just listen. So you, you struggled with your weight for how many years? Really, most of your whole life. And when did you decide to do something about it? And how old were you? So he's 54. Last year, he decided to get in shape. Now, he's been my best friend all this time, and I've been in shape all this time. So the great thing about our relationship is he he did not allow how I was in my level, and this is what it is, of excellence, of saying, hey, this is the temple of God. I'm going to train it. I'm going to take care of it. He didn't allow that to separate us, but most people would. Because here's what happens. 
if you've settled for something as a way of thinking in your life and somebody around you decides to be different and more excellent, you're gonna have to deal with that in your own life. And that's how some people are. That's why they never get to the next level because they're never around people, watch this, that are not like them, but that challenge them to be better in some area. Does that make sense? So listen, if you're not doing well financially, start hanging around some rich people. Did you notice that poor people hang together and rich people hang together? You know why? Because it's a level of thinking. And you got to pay the price to be rich. You don't just get a free ticket. And it's very important that you understand. It's, it's, it's like, what do you want? So as I've got to, if I want something more, I've got to be like Will Smith in the pursuit of happiness and look at the Ferrari and say, I want to know what that guy did to get that and not be intimidated by people that have greatness that you don't have. Get into a place that challenges you to be a better you and the best version of you and be around people like that. Amen? Okay, I gotta hurry. So, so, so if you're gonna have right alignments, you gotta, you gotta be around people that have your best interests in mind. But watch this, you can't expect somebody to have your best interests in mind if you don't have their best interests in mind. So that's how you become a self-leader. You lead yourself, watch this, to let the people around you know that they have your best interest in mind. Now, I've, I've gotta tell y'all something. Every parent here knows this and every married person here knows this. Just because you're married to somebody doesn't mean they have your best interest in mind. In fact, what causes marital conflict a lot of times, I've got my best interest in mind and you obviously don't have my best interest in mind. So, so guess what? I don't love you anymore and I'm gonna go do my own thing. But really watch this. You've got to be that person in your marriage that has that person's best interest in mind. Now, I'm going to give you two examples. The first example, this is kind of tactless, so everybody just give me a pass. So I'll give you a pass. I'm going to talk to you like a dad for a minute. Is that all right? If you're a guest with us, just go with me here for a second. When I use the restroom, I lift the toilet seat up. After I'm through, Garrett, I wipe off the, the rim of the toilet, then I put the toilet seat back down. You know why? But just listen, I know some of you are, thank you for that, but you're giving the message to the person sitting next to you. So just hold your applause for a second. I do that because I know she's coming and there's no reason for the toilet seat to be up. In fact, in the middle of the night, she might fall in. So my having her best interest in mind, watch this, is not just wiping off the rim of the toilet and then putting the toilet seat back, but I'm talking about even when I go to sleep, what's one of the last things I say to you before I go to sleep every night? Remember, the toilet seat is up. Because I know I'm gonna be getting up in the middle of the night and she's not. So late at night, I go ahead and, so I'm not having it in the dark going. So, now, let me tell you what doesn't happen in our marriage. She does not use the toilet and then go, I know Keith's probably gonna come behind me and he's gonna use the restroom, so I'm gonna go ahead and lift this up for him. It's not happened one time in our marriage. <laughs> now, Buddy and Vicki, you're marriage people. You help teach our marriages, so I need you to reteach this. <laughs> if I had that expectation on her, we would have marital problems. That's me having her best interest in mind and not expecting her to do the same thing in kind. You understand what I'm saying? Now, here's the second thing I was gonna tell you. 
So Josh, Pastor Josh, Pastor Josh, stand up. This is my son, in case y'all don't know him. This is my son. After my, after my heart attack, this is one of the most special things to me ever in my life. Josh began to say to me and all of our staff, because he started leading our staff like never before, in my absence, just as if I had, was post-humorous. Is that how you say it? Anyway, passed on to the Lord to the other side. So he, Gone on to glory. He, on to Jesus. So he started running things. And what was the number one thing that you were, you were telling people two things. What was the number one thing? Those, yeah, protect your rest. He said, I want to protect my dad's rest. Do you know that nobody in my life's ever said that? I want to protect my dad's rest. I mean, Pastor John, think about that. He's my child, but just because he's my child doesn't mean he has my best interest in mind. But when he started saying that, first of all, the way I'm wired, Dave, I don't think, I don't think my rest needs to be protected. I think... I'm getting ready to run this race today, y'all. And when the gun goes off, and maybe before the gun goes off, I am out of the gate and I am running. But guess what? I needed rest. And my son saw it. And he said, for the rest of my life, Dad, my role in our life is to help protect your rest. Is that the sweetest, most wonderful thing? Now listen to me. The people around you need to know what's in your heart towards them as it relates to, say standing son. <laughs> as it relates to how you have their best interest in mind. And we don't say it enough and we don't do it enough. The second thing was what? Preserve your peace. Preserve my peace. Now you can sit down, thank you son. Now y'all listen very carefully. I don't even think about peace y'all. Like some people, like they like, they, I just want, I mean, Eric, some people are like, I just, I just, I just want peace today. I'm like, like, what does that mean? I live in a place called tension. You know what tension is? Here's where I am. Here's where I need to be. Let's go. That's where I live. And I've always lived that way. And yet my son, again, you can't, Eric, Eric, stand up, Eric. Eric, you have a gym. What, don't you have a gym? What's the name of your gym? CrossFit Temple. So he helps people get in shape. If you need to get in shape, that's your guy. But watch this. He, we met because I was going to an anti-aging doctor in my 40s. Why? Because I'm here and I'm going to be in this for the long haul. And he was the physiologist. He has a master's degree in physiology. Is that right? And so, so he was helping, helping me get to my next level in my 40s. And yet you can understand why I'm not thinking about rest or peace. I'm thinking about what do I got to do to get where I feel like God wants me to go and I need to train my body and make my body do what it wants it to do, right? So thank you, Eric. So again, he, we, he, that's how we met is at a doctor's office with me, not when I'm sick, but when I'm doing preventative maintenance along the way for the long haul. And so this thought process, never in my mind am I thinking, well, you just need... You know, your rest needs to be protected. When he started saying that, I went, I have never thought about that. I thought it's time to go to sleep. Sleep as little as you can. Wake up. Let's go. I'm just being honest with you. When, he, when his thought process has said that, it got me thinking, I need to rest better and I need, 
I need my peace preserved. So I bought this machine. And you plug it in and put it in your ears. And here's what happens. The music plays. It's this very soothing, calming music. It's just not my style of music whatsoever. It's very calming. And all of a sudden, the, you wear this monitor, and the guy says, breathe in, breathe out. Breathe in. You can do it with me. Breathe out. Close your eyes. Everybody do it. Just relax. Some of y'all came in here very anxious. Breathe in. Breathe out. And it takes you through a 15-minute breathing exercise that reduces your heart rate with music. But in my case, the voice, I don't know how the voice knows this, but the voice says, relax. Breathe in. I'm wearing this monitor and it goes, relax. Please adjust your monitor. This is so funny. I'm telling you, it's so funny. But it has helped me so much. I never in a million years thought I would submit myself to someone going, breathe in. Breathe out. And guess what it's done? Lowered my heart rate. Just 15 minutes a day. No medicine, no nothing. And where I thought I was doing good at 138 over 80, I'm doing a lot better at 125 over 72 just because of my breathing. Isn't that crazy? So that's how his thinking helped me. Because Josh, let me just be honest with you, he's all about the rest. Hey, hey. Son, you want to work out? No, Dad, I'm good. I'm just chilling. Hey, I'm like, no, no, son, listen, we got to work out. Let's go. Let's go. Please adjust your monitor. (laughs) Are y'all getting this? This helping anybody? You got to have right alignments in your life. I want to, there's more. You can go to our app and you can find, I'm going to preach on this next week, but I want to end with this. And that is, you've got to think right alignments. You've got to think right alignments. And right now, wherever you are in your life, I want you to think about your alignments. Are your alignments, does it line up with what I just read to you? Including some of your family of origin. Still love them. Doesn't mean you have to do a lot of life with them. But here's the last thing. Is everybody good? Here's the last thing I want to tell you. Be in the right place. So you've got to think about the right people, but you've got to be in the right place. So when you get with the right people, help me, in the right place, at the right time, the right things always happen. So you've got to line up those three things. Right people first, right place second, right time third. So, so I want to end with this. What is the right place? This week, how many of you went to work? Let me see your hands. This week, how many of you went to your house? This week, how many of you went to a grocery store? How many of you went to a doctor this week? 
Uh, there's a lot of places that you went this week. Listen very carefully what I'm about to tell you. But there's one right place that you've been this week, and it's here. It's here. You heard the Barkers say that. We've got to get, now they said to Elevate, we've got to get to the house of God because that's the taste of heaven. That's what you kept saying. It's a taste of heaven. You're going to see that. I don't know where you've been this week, but this is what makes coming to church so important. Listen very carefully. What makes it so important is this is the one time in your seven days where for sure or faux show, you're in the right place with the right people. I said, you're in the right place with the right people. So, so in scripture, there's a man named Jacob. He's, his family dynamic, he's running from his brother. His life is falling apart. He's, he's running on empty. It, it, things are not going well. And he comes to a place called Luz. He falls asleep. He lays his head against a rock. And the Bible says that he had a dream and he saw open heavens and he saw a ladder with angels ascending and descending. And the Lord spoke to him out of heaven. And he wakes up from his dream and watch this. Here's what he says. He awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place and I didn't know it. And he was afraid and he said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. It's the gate of heaven. And he renamed that place called Luz Bethel, which means the house of God. Here's why coming to church is so important. And thank you for watching online. I appreciate it. It's awesome. But, and, and do when you, if you're traveling or whatever, do that. But if you're in this city, if you're around these parts, get into the house of God. Why? Because this is where there's an open heaven. And it's not just about angels ascending and descending. It's about his super coming into your natural in this place. It's about being with the right people in the right place. Now listen, as I close, listen very carefully to this next thing. Don't miss this. New York Times, the most liberal newspaper in the world. Here's what they said recently. One, capital letters, one of the most striking scientific discoveries about religion in recent years is that going to church weekly is good for you. Religious attendance, which by the way, is in decline in America. People are watching online. If they do go to church, let's don't go today, let's just stay. Religious attendance, at least religiosity, they say. Boosts your immune system, it decreases your blood pressure. It may even add as much to two or three years to your life. Then here's what they say. The reason for this is not entirely clear. <laughs> so let me break it down to you. Listen very carefully. Here's what they went on to report. Number one, scientifically, going to church, not watching online. Listen, thank you again. Understand, I'm not, I'm not hammering you. I'm just saying we gotta be in church. And yet we're in decline in America. Why aren't people going to church? They don't, they don't understand the benefits of it. Here's what's been scientifically proven. It lowers your risk of depression. Researchers at the University of Saskatchewan found the incidence of clinical depression was 22% lower among people who attended religious services at least once a month than those who never attend. So listen, we want you more than once a month, but even once a month, will lower your depression. I'm not gonna ask you to raise your hand, but some of you here really struggle with depression. You gotta get with the right people in the right place. It'll help you. However, their research, 
They thought it was about merely a result of socially supportive relationships, but they said research showed that there are indeed protective factors. Let me say protective factors. Protective factors that are exclusive to church services. They can't explain it. Here's the second thing, better time and life management. I won't even go into that except when you schedule a time to be at church and you're there on time, it'll help you in your life skills. Number two, or number three, better grades and higher education prospects. Parents, listen to me. I'm so grateful that my parents brought me to church. Church attendance correlated with higher math and reading scores and greater educational aspirations. Number four, significantly lower risk of death, longer life expectancy. But don't get me wrong, the death rate among Christians is still 100%. Y'all are gonna die. Welcome to church. But listen to this. Here's what they've proven. Those who go to church more than once a week, that's why you need to check out Wednesday night, check out our marriage classes, check out our financial classes, check out our, 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 our classes that are gonna help you in your life mastery. Those who go to church more than once a week enjoy better health than those who attend only once a week. Overall, the, reject, the reduction in mortality attributable, is that right, attributable? to church going is 25%. In other words, if you go to church, you're gonna live 25% longer. Once again, researchers thought that perhaps that was simply due to strong supportive relationships. But listen, non-church centered groups didn't have the same effect. You can go to the bar, y'all. Go, man, have fun. But remember this, that's not gonna help you. That's just a place to go be with people. When you come to the house of God, that's gonna help your mortality rate. That's gonna help your life, your quality of life go up. Now look, here's what it said. Nor did people with other worldviews other than Judeo-Christian. So you can be a part of another religion, go to their temples, whatever. Bottom line is, it doesn't increase your mortality. The study proved it was the most exhaustive study that was ever done about church attendance and people, the difference between people that go to church and people that don't. Here's the last thing, and I really like this one, and you may or may not, better sex, better sex. People that come to church have better sex. It's not in the clubs, it's not in the strip joints, it's not everywhere you think, people that come to church. This is, this is, this is true. Buddy, you need to be clapping, and Vicki, you really need to be clapping. Vicki, you should be standing up going, Jesus! Okay, so now listen very carefully. I don't want to offend anybody. I'm just going to read you the stats. Everybody with me? A recent study, University of Chicago studied. Now men, I want you to really hear this. My dad struggled with going to church because he didn't know. He's just a guy. I don't need to go to church. Kids, women need to go to church. I don't need to go to church. I just want to win. Just want to make some money. <laughs> Most wives have to drag their husbands to church. Now, not y'all, but listen to this. Recent University of Chicago study known as the most comprehensive and methodically sound sex survey ever conducted, ever, found dramatically higher rates, and I'm going to say it like they say it, of the big O in women who attend church services. A few of you are free. The rest of you are going, oh God, what is this? Jesus. 
This was echoed by a 1940 Stanford University study and a 1970s Red Book Magazine survey all found higher levels of satisfaction among women who attend religious services regularly. Men, would you all look up here to me and say amen? Okay, why do you need to come to church? Honey, I really believe the Lord's directing me to tell us we, 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 need, we need to come to church this week. No, honey, baby, I'm tired. I just need to stay home and watch online. No, no, baby, we, we, gotta, be in, we gotta be in the church. Like we gotta, we gotta go to church. We need to be, okay, so I'm, I'm giving you, okay. One last thing. So how do you, how do you, find, a, how do you find the right church for you? The top two predictors of spiritual growth, not just people that attend church, but people that are growing spiritually are number one, the people who have intimate friends with people of like faith. Through small groups, through connecting with people, through serving. And then do you have ownership in a weekly ministry that charges you up. According to a Gallup study that was done, people who attend church services without deep friendships and ministry opportunities, listen very carefully now, tended to express a much higher dissatisfaction in both their church and their relationship with God. So you can just come and we're glad you come or you can get plugged in and start doing life by serving with people, being a part of small groups, being a part of freedom, being a part of our Wednesday nights. Listen to me, if you do that, not only will you grow and spiritually mature, but I'm just telling y'all, Sheila does not have to talk me into going to church. Like we're gonna go to church because we're gonna have a good week. I hope you get that. We're gonna have a good week. Understand this whole deal about being in this room is way more than God just saying something specifically to you. There's something that's happening that the New York Times said, we can't explain it. But the people who are gathered together in that place, depression goes out the door, their immune system comes into line, blood pressure drops. And on top of all that, Sex gets better in Jesus' name. Amen. That's good news. That's good news. That's good news. That's good news. Just bow your heads with me just real quick. In just a minute, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to bless you out. But in just a minute, I'm going to give you the opportunity to really get your heart right. And if you're here, it doesn't matter what, what you walked in with, what you came in with, where your soul is right now. If you'll say, my life is not where I know it needs to be with God and I wanna get it right. That's why we come to the house of God to bring about transformation. And if you say, I need to get some things right, if that's you on the count of three, slip your hand. One, two, three, come on. All over this place, just slip it up and I'll see it. Yes, 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 all over the place. Don't look around, it's just between you and God. Let's pray this prayer together all the way up in the upper balcony. Everybody pray this out loud with me. Just say, dear heavenly father, come on, everybody say it out loud. Say, dear heavenly father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for having my best interest in mind. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on a cross for me. God, I give you my life, my past, my problems, my thinking, my future. Jesus, be Lord of my life. Help me to become everything you've created me to become. 
In your name I pray, amen. And you know what that was? That was a prayer of repentance. That was a, a prayer to say, God, I want you in control. I don't want to be in control. So again, for everybody that's here, welcome to the family of God. Come on. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to our channel on iTunes and YouTube. That way, you know when a new sermon has been uploaded. Also, if this message has impacted you and you want to contribute to help us reach more people, feel free to go to elevate.life forward slash give. We look forward to seeing you here next time.